If you want more wisdom, then become more pure. The more pure that we become, the more God will give his wisdom to us. To live an impure life is the height of foolishness and folly. It is the opposite of wisdom. Today, Pastor Ray Bentley points out the path to heavenly wisdom. Heaven can start taking root within us, not only in our heads, but in our hearts, right here, right now. Does that sound good? Spread news of His people coming down before the King. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. The U.S. spends well over half a trillion dollars on education each year in pursuit of knowledge and wisdom. But the Bible speaks not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit. And today from James chapter 3, Pastor Ray shows us how we can find godly wisdom. Okay, James, I'm gonna read starting in verse 13. He wants to talk about the wisdom of God related to the tongue. And this is very fascinating. Beginning in verse 13, he says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, Do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above. It is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure and then peaceable and gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. As he begins talking about true wisdom, James says that being wise does not mean that I am wise because I understand all the events that are going on in the world, or let alone that I am wise because I understand everything that's happening in my life and why it's happening and where it's headed and what's going to come as a result. No. James says that true wisdom is actually manifest not by the little you know, advice that we can give people or the pearls of wisdom that we can share with our tongue, but true wisdom is actually manifest by our behavior, by doing the right things. So with that in mind, how many of you would like to add a little bit more wisdom to your life, okay? Good, then you've come to the right place. This is what James is talking about. Let me go over very quickly four things that can add to our wisdom. Number one, reverence for God. It begins with reverence for God. I'm gonna talk in a moment what that word reverence means. But I put into your notes Psalm 111, verse 10. So let's read this scripture out loud together, shall we? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. Is that, that's interesting. I remember being a young believer and reading this, and I would hear, you know, sermons about it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
But in the beginning, nobody explained to me what that meant, and it was always confusing to me. Okay, so I'm supposed to, God's my Father, He loves me, He sent Jesus, but I'm supposed to be afraid of Him. When it says, this has been translated, right, from the original language to modern English, this is an old English use, essentially, of the word fear. And another word that would come to us would be the word reverence, or another word is respect. And it also, to revere means uh, to love, adore, or worship. And so this is God who gives wisdom to those who revere Him. Those who honor the Lord, respect the Lord, are in awe of God. That is the beginning of wisdom. So revering God, it is a coming into a deep awe of God and reverence for God and and love for God, that's wisdom. If you dishonor God, that's foolishness and folly. So it begins with reverence. Secondly, and this is uh, obvious, but still must be stated, we must be born again. Uh, This is where you admit you're a sinner, you ask Christ to come into your life, and Jesus said you're born again. John chapter three, verse three, Jesus said most assuredly, he was talking to Nicodemus, the Pharisee. He said, assuredly I say to you, Nicodemus, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It's just one of the explanations given to what it means when you are spiritually now connected with God. Jesus described it in one sense as being born again. When that happens, when Christ comes into your life, you believe in Him and and trust in Him as your Savior, then you are, as the Bible says, in Christ. Every molecule of wisdom that is not only in this universe, but in the existence of the presence of God that goes out for infinity is in Christ Jesus. So if you are in Christ, then you have become rooted in the wisdom of the universe, because that's who Jesus is. In Jesus, the more closely we come to Him, the more heavenly wisdom will flow into our souls. So reverencing God, and then by being truly born again, a member of His family. Thirdly, the Holy Bible is a powerful source of growing in wisdom. Now Psalm 119, which is a great psalm, repeatedly tells us that wisdom comes from God's Word. And in this psalm, it was written by King David, the man after God's own heart, the warrior, poet, you know, giant killer, uh, King uh, David. And he talks about how he loves the laws of God and the commandments of God and the statutes and the precepts and all the rest. So let's read this, these verses 97 through 100. Read them out loud together. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep your precepts. (laughs) Now let let me just say that when I was a young believer and first time I'm reading through Psalm 119, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Here's a guy, he's in love with laws. He reads about them, he dreams about them, he meditates on them. I mean, does that, you know, when you're like 12, 13 years old, does that sound really appealing? I want to give you a new understanding if you've never 
heard this before, but essentially all these words that are variously used, law, commandments, understanding, testimonies, and meditation on precepts, it's called in the, in the Hebrew the Torah. That's when you see law, it means Torah. And what, what it really means is the teachings of God. And what's so precious about the teachings of God is if you will be teachable and follow the teachings of your Father and of your Savior Jesus, your life will prosper, your life will be blessed, your life will be fruitful, your life will give you guidance, it will protect you, it will bless you, it will provide for you, it will give you experience of love and joy and peace and happiness. Ultimately, what we learn is that all of the teachings, or Torah, are found and fulfilled in a person. And that person is none other than whom? Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word, the law, the teachings, became flesh. Jesus is the living flesh and blood, heart of God, laws of God, teachings of God, precepts of God. It's Jesus. So what I wanna just have you do as a little exercise is look again at Psalm 119 and replace those words with who they are pointing to, Jesus. And you read it again, it goes like this, oh, how I love your Jesus, the teachings of Jesus. He is my meditation all the day. You, through your commands that are given through Jesus and how to live, say the Sermon on the Mount, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding through Jesus than all my teachers. For your testimonies about Jesus are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts or principles that Jesus lived and taught and demonstrated. How many of you would, if, if every human being on the planet lived like Jesus Christ, how many believe it would be a, a much better place? End of story, right? Now here's what I want to encourage you then, and here's why I am constantly and will always be exhorting you and encouraging you to read the Bible. There are some things, some that go, okay, look, I understand Jesus and, and he died for me and he rose and I believe in that and I'm a Christian, but I'm not a pastor, I'm not a missionary and I'm not, you know, and I'll read it when I go to church, but do I really need to read the Bible every day? Yes, you do. And let me encourage you as to why. Though you may not be, you know, have to be a scholar or whatever else, what is in the Word of God is Jesus. Every book of the Bible is really about Jesus and reveals Jesus. I'm not only talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I'm talking about from Acts to the book of Revelation. If you've never read the Bible, I encourage you to start with the Gospel of John. It's all about Jesus. When you read John, then go to Matthew, and then read Mark, and then read Luke. Read four times, four different perspectives of Jesus. Then read Acts, and then finish through the New Testament. Then read the New Testament again, maybe two or three times. And after you've done that, then go to Genesis. It's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It is all pointing to Jesus. Jesus is in every one of the 66 books of the Bible. Look, I gave my life to Christ when I was 11. 
And some people go, man, you know, how do you, how do you stay fresh? I mean, you, you know, how many times you go to church and you hear Bible studies and don't you reach a point where you've kind of been there, done that, heard it all? No. I will say that I, there are many levels. What the rabbis used to say that, what, you know, you think there's one meaning, but that there are 70 layers of meaning. 70 different ways of seeing and putting things together. Things, I am learning things that I never knew. That's why it's exciting, it's fresh to me. I don't know everything, far from it. In fact, the more you know, the more you know how much you don't know yet, right? Do you think we're gonna get to heaven and we're all gonna know everything? No, we're not gonna be that like God. We're his sons and daughters, will be perfect. No more sorrow, suffering, dying. Pain will be gone, yes, it'll be bliss, it'll be glorious. But we're gonna still be learning, we'll still be growing there. So it's what we should be doing even here and now. And what's exciting is, uh, and for me, you know, as I'm reading through the Bible, now we're in the book of Judges, as I read through these many chapters and you read through the Bible in a year. So I'm reading through Judges. What's exciting for me is all of a sudden to see Jesus or the gospel in a story or something I have never seen before. Wow, there's Jesus in Judges. It's amazing. And you get new, fresh insights. And we can truly enter into divine Here's the deal. You want more divine heavenly wisdom? It's Jesus and the Bible points to Jesus. And that's why it's so healthy mentally, it's healthy emotionally, and obviously spiritually to meditate upon God's Word. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching. Our family loved Pastor Ray. He was witty, kind, and demonstrated completely what it was like to have a deep relationship with God. We are grateful that our family was able to come together at Maranatha. Our lives will forever be changed because of Ray's powerful messages. We rejoice because we know Ray is in heaven. Messages like that continue to be such a great encouragement to all of us at Maranatha Radio and the whole Bentley family. If you'd like to send a message, just email us, ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Now, Colossians 3.16 says the same. Let's read this scripture out loud together. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. I love this. Like a tree, when you read the Bible and meditate on it, it's like you're, you're the roots of the word of God go inside of your heart. And then at a certain point as the word goes in and those roots begin to take form, they impact you emotionally, spiritually. God speaks always two languages. He does speak the language of the head. (laughs) And he will intellectually, philosophically, and through reason and rationale and, and logic reveal amazing, astounding things to you. All science is God's science. All knowledge is God's knowledge. But God equally speaks at the same time the the message of the heart, the language of the heart. God doesn't just give facts, figures, and information. God speaks with a tone of voice. 
He talks with inflection, with emotion, with impact. It touches you. And that's what Colossians 3.16 says. You get your roots and the word of God goes in like the roots of a tree, but eventually it touches your heart and you begin having to respond by singing and making melody and praising the Lord. It affects you emotionally. Literally, it's like the more you read the word and meditate upon God's word, the, the more that heaven begins taking root in your soul. You don't have to just wait till you die and go to heaven to experience it. Since we're in Christ, heaven can start taking root within us not only in our heads, but in our hearts, right here, right now. Does that sound good? So the more word in you, the more wisdom gained, and the more heaven you begin to experience. Finally, we gain wisdom through prayer. The last and most effective way to gain wisdom, along with the study of God's word, is to receive divine wisdom through time in prayer. James 1.5, earlier, James already wrote, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Anyone who asks, believing, is going to receive that wisdom from God. Spending time in the presence of God, quiet, and just sitting there being aware that I'm in the presence of the Lord, concentrating on that. We're always in His presence, but we're not always aware of it, right? Coming to church helps you focus a little bit, but it should be on a daily basis, a time set aside for meditation, quiet, and prayer, where the consciousness of the presence of God, it fills you, it feeds you, it nourishes you, and you pour your heart out to Him, and He listens, and He ministers to you, and, and speaks to you. And that's a relationship. That's what's so dynamic and so powerful and exciting. Well, in closing, let's look at verses 17 and 18. James chapter three, he says, but the wisdom that is from above. So he's just given all the, you know, if, you, if you're selfish and fighting and arguing and quarreling and trying to be, uh, set yourself up as an authority, that's earthly wisdom. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Notice that when he talks about, here's the wisdom of God, and you're like, okay, I wanna write down all these pearls of wisdom. And yet when he begins to describe wisdom, they're they are character traits. They're attitudes that we should have. They're the way that we should treat other people. The first thing he mentions that, that is wisdom is first, pure. A passion for purity in one's life determines the experience of God's holy wisdom. If you want more wisdom, then become more pure. The more pure that we become, the more that God will give his wisdom to us. To live an impure life is the height of foolishness and folly. It is the opposite of wisdom. It will blind you. It will cut you off. It opens the door to all kinds of mental, emotional attacks. And thus we're to offer our bodies as sacrifices, living and holy and pleasing to God. Purity and the greater purity that, that we will, uh, with the Lord, say, Lord, I'm gonna resist temptation and, and not give in to the flesh anymore, but unto the things that you've said are good and healthy and right for me. Just like our bodies need healthy water and healthy food intake, our soul and our minds need the same. That's wisdom. And then it's peaceable and gentle. God's wisdom is not forceful and demanding, which is a lot what cults and weird things are. They're very aggressive and demanding and you gotta be exactly like this and agree with me on every little detail and controlling. Jesus was never forceful. 
so much so that he would leave and withdraw. In fact, I think it's the Gospel of Luke. I read this one time that if Jesus went to a place and they said, you know, we don't, we, you're stirring everything up, get out, leave. It says he withdrew from this place and that place. He never forced himself on anyone, anywhere. To the extreme that finally when he has suspended between heaven and earth, as if now taking the sins of the world upon himself, he was pinned between heaven and earth because heaven was now judging him for our sins and earth had rejected him as the shepherd. Then Jesus, in being consistent with his own nature, withdrew even from the planet earth and did not come back until three days later. So also, this is a part of the spirit of Christ is you don't force people, you don't badger people, you don't bang on people. It's very gentle, very peaceful. It's a knock at the door, Revelation 3.20. There's a tenderness to the spirit of God, a gentleness, a humility, an approachableness. Also willing to yield. The NIV calls it being submissive, but I like the New King James translation, willing to yield. And that means that wisdom is sometimes being in a position of authority, having a subordinate come to you and say, you know what, you're wrong, and here's why. And rather than you standing on my position, my authority, and my pride, listening to them and going, you know what, you're right. The story is told that back during the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln made a decision. He gave it to one of his generals, Stanton, said, I want you to do this. And Stanton wrote back, fired back a note, and said, this is crazy. This is insane. It's wrong, and I will not submit to it. Lincoln, who could have said, I'm the president, we're at civil war, you're fired or whatever, Lincoln said, you know what, I know General Stanton, he's generally always right, I want a meeting with him. Lincoln went in, sat down, the two men, uh, Lincoln listened to what he had to say and when he got done, he said, you're absolutely right. He goes, I rescind the order I gave to you, carry on with what you need to do. That's humility, that's wisdom being able to listen to other people, being willing to yield to them in certain situations. Full of mercy and good fruit. Mercy is compassion in action. If we are not full of mercy and good works, we are not wise. Finally, impartial, treat people fairly. Be sincere, don't manipulate and use people. And then finally in last verse 18, now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. In other words, we all want more and need more peace in our lives than wisdom is to sow. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. In other words, James is saying, you're all arguing and fighting and quarreling and dividing the church and trying to get people to follow you and stay away from them because you want real wisdom, make peace. Make peace among yourselves. Make peace in your marriage. Make peace with your children. Make peace within your church. Make peace within your community. That is the real wisdom, divine, supernatural, heaven sent. Amen. Pastor Ray Bentley, talking about the blessings of wisdom and how to access it in our lives. Important insight today here on Maranatha Radio. Today's study is titled, True Spiritual Wisdom. If you missed any part of the message, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. 
Also, click the word media and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo. Three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And you'll also find Pastor Ray's books there at raybentley.com. His final book, As the Days of Noah, is a prophetic fiction novel, part of the Elijah Chronicles series. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Well, next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of James. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return. The whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.